0: This is the fifth leadership podcast with Will Scully, another really great friend of mine. Now, Will is an adventurer in every sense of the word. He started his life as an apprentice, went into the military. He's been a businessman, an entrepreneur. He has been in films, a journalist, and so, so many more activities. We lost ourselves in the conversation, which is why I am now going to break his talk down into a number of different podcasts because. I want to capture the essence of somebody who is funny, courageous, can give such great insights in so many different areas. I think you will really enjoy it and I hope you do so. I'll also add little snippets at the end of things that we discussed outside of the discussions because there are also so many other great moments in time that I, I would not want you to miss. Will, it's such a pleasure to have you here on the Leadership Podcast. What I'd like you to do is just give me an overview of your journey from being a young child right up until the point that you joined 21SES. How did that all occur and who were the biggest mentors and people that influenced you on your on your journey to that point?
1: Okay, um, interesting that this is a little bit like this is your life. It is, And yes. actually, that influenced me, funny enough. I remember being a young child, watching television um, back in the 70s when um, the whole family used to watch the same program. There only two channels, BBC and ITV. And I was watching, uh, this is your life, I'm sure it was Eamon. Uh, Eamon Andrews? No, I'm, no. I'm, I'm an Eamon and Andrews, yeah. And uh, there was this chap on there, and he had a very interesting life. He'd been uh, studying at university. Something happened, he joined the army, became an officer. Then he came from there to become a journalist and then he entered some other aid organisation and he'd become a TV personality. And I thought, wow, that's such an interesting life. Not, not the concept I had, which is, you know, leave, leave school, do an apprenticeship, do a job, buy a house. Or whatever. That yeah. was that was a, my concept. You know, being a working class lad, that's what you ex- was expected to do. Whereas this chap had this amazing life, and I thought, wow, that inspires me. It set me on a path of thinking about different
0: things to do, and definitely adventure. I mean, there's no no two ways about it. Yeah. It's interesting. I work with a lot of children now, and one of the things that I love to do is to go in and just show them that they've got the opportunity of those experiences and adventures. But you need to see it, don't you? you need to actually that that moment yeah. in time when you realise actually I'm not bound by no. by where I am at this moment in time. I can do lots of other things. So what happened then? So at school, what so, were you thinking? So, I, about so
1: I went completely against that and went and got an apprenticeship. <laughs> <laughs> no, what happened was my, my father unfortunately uh, he had multiple sclerosis and uh, he was um, in the sort of prime of his life and he was struck down with the terrible disease. So. I was around 19 when he passed away, and I uh, was already got married, had a child, and um, I was working as an apprentice in the printing industry. Uh, He was a printer, so it made sense that we followed in his father's footsteps. I enjoyed the print. It was great. I did the whole apprenticeship five years, city and guilds. Um, I, I enjoyed the precision of it and the, the skill of it and the huge machines and, it was a great life and, I think I was earning about three hundred and fifty pound a week and the average the average wage was about one hundred and fifty pound a week at the time. So during this time, I I, I wasn't sure where I wanted to go with it. And I remember my dad telling me something. I was I was sitting at the end of a huge machine, like a 50-foot machine, you know, multiple reels of paper and it was thundering along at high speed in a night shift, earning a lot of money. And I was sitting there and I remembered something my dad said, and he said to me, look above you, son, and if the person above you isn't the person you want to be, he don't he doesn't mean the personality, he just meant the job you're in the wrong queue. I agree. And I thought, and it just, a penny dropped because I was watching the guy who was the manager of the print shop walking around with a piece of paper and sitting in a little square box in the corner with his telephone. And I thought, I don't really, that's not what I want to do. So I started to look around for different things to do. And, uh,
0: just before you move on, to that, just tell me about your dad. What influences did your dad obviously losing him so yeah. at such a young age? What what were you, what were the major influences? That's obviously a great something you've always remembered. Yeah. What other the influences did you, did you have that?
1: Oh, he was a great father, you know, really um engaging and uh, used to take me to play football and started football teams um local local boys team, you know. Um he was used to be box you know, boxers amateur um, did his national service etc he gave me all these little stories of uh, these things that happened and uh, it was really inspiring so um you know i just profound things he said yeah that it made me um that just it's like a coin like a like a coin dropping in yeah, your head i you think oh. Know that. And you boxed as well. You were, yeah. you were boxing at that time. Tell me a little yeah, yeah. bit
0: about that boxing. What did that, how did that help you in lots of things?
1: Well, obviously going through a difficult time with my, my father dying, etc. um I, I was playing football and it wasn't um, working for me so much. Um, so I decided to take up the boxing as a young teenager. And which was great. I loved the boxing, um, the boxing club. There's a guy called Richard Atkins, he run the club. St. Elton District, it was a South London boxing club, well known, uh, great atmosphere. Um, another thing my dad said, you know, um, whenever you go and start something new, always go on your own, never go with a friend. Because I said to him, I think they're going to the boxing club with my friend, you know, he should go on your own. I said, why? He said, well, because if your friend stops going, you'll stop going. Or it'll affect what you think about the club. And also, the people that you meet at the club, the reflection of your friend upon you, you'll be a... ..rather than just you. So, sort of, quite interesting...
0: Yeah, and no, I think it's, a, it's a
1: great... No, I, again, another...
0: Profound moment in time. Again, I can say the same. All the things that I had when I was growing up was my father and my mom actually giving me those little thoughts, those things that you think. Actually, that's just really good information to take and then help you grow.
1: And and I followed through all my life. If I'm going to do something straight or not strange, but if I'm going to go somewhere and do something, I generally go on my own. So they encounter me singularly, and I encounter them, and I don't have any baggage as far as influences so i make my own decisions on whether i like it or or don't like it Um, i I think
0: it's a great idea i do i think
1: it's a really good idea so yeah the boxing club was brilliant um it was a team it was a it was a a group of activity but but singular you know skill and once you get in the ring um you're on your own that's it doesn't matter what they say off the outside, you are on your own. Everything you do, as you know, because you're a bo- you know, boxing history, um, is, is down to you. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed the training, I, the keep fit, the, 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 camaraderie, you know, we used to go in boxing, uh, boxing evenings and he always made sure that we turned up as a team, a collective, smartly dressed, I mean, he's, he used to say, wear a, a shirt and tie and a jacket. Well, a lot of us didn't really own shirts shirt and ties and <laughs> jackets, apart from the one day when we were going to Jersey on a boxing trip and um, we, we were told to turn up with the, uh, the appropriate clothing and um, there was a couple of us was sort of scratching around. And there was a couple of lively lads in the boxing club and they uh, were, you know, villainous types. <laughs> so they, they turned up on the, box, on the evening, the, the, the training session before we left, uh, with a huge bag of jackets and trousers and ties and shirts and everything. And they'd ram-raided somewhere in Lewisham. <laughs> uh, so we all had jackets and, and shirts and ties to go to this trip, the boxing trip. But it's good fun, you know. So it had, a, it had a great effect on me. Uh, the, the training side of it, um, the mindset of it, mm. taking things on your own, getting in a ring, dealing with that, um, going out training on your own uh, often you know, because you only box a couple of times a week so the rest of the time you're training yourself. So yeah, it created uh, self-discipline um, and it also set... Set a lot of precedents for myself because, as you all know, when you're in um, a difficult situation, tense, often people that aren't confident about their reactions react quicker because they're uncom- they're not they're not sure about what they should do, so they do something. And I've been, as you have, in situations where. Only your confidence in being capable of doing something stops you doing something. And often that moment where it could have happened, didn't happen because you didn't react, overreact.
0: It's a brilliant point. And I think that that is probably one of those things that lots of people will be thinking about now is sometimes the overreaction to what we're going through Mm. with COVID, just pausing and realizing, that. Just be really clear about what is actually happening here Mm. in a multitude of different ways. So you're in the printer, you're looking at doing yeah. something different. Yeah. Tell me what
1: happened there. Where did we explore? What drew drew you forward from there? Well, it's quite funny, really, because I was thinking, now, you know, I needed I need to do something uh, additional. You know, I want to get out and about. You know, I'm a really young young lad. I'm just bursting with energy. So, uh, and ideas, you know, i going to go and join the Foreign Legion. I'm going to do this. You know, I don't know. I just want to do something. Um I lived in the middle of, you know, living in Deptford, it was busy, it was chaotic, there was reggae music playing every night, and it was, you know, just quite a vibrant but hostile environment. Yeah. Um. So I looked in the, uh, I thought, I'll, come join, the, I'll come join the Central Army, but I wanted to join something that's a bit, you know, challenging. So I was looking up for the Paris, I thought there must be a territorial paras or the Royal marines or something. So I looked in the old, uh, in the old uh, uh, directory inquiries, because we didn't have Google in those days, didn't have a phone. So I was just going through the uh, the phone book, army, and I said, this is special air service. I thought, wow, that sounds interesting. What could that be? And that was in Dulwich. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> off I chop I went over there and you know, got, filled the form in or whatever. Actually, no, I think I got in touch and went, turned up and they gave me uh they gave me a form. Um everything nothing well, was on the internet in them. Oh, so no, all. I'm sure they no. gave me a form yeah, and no, they no, said no, sent this off. And um still so followed the process. And turned up, I think it was the Duke of York's yeah, in Chelsea. Was Duke of York's. We we turned up there and um Sat on me sort of quite a simple exam. If I say that, I don't know how well I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I might have just scraped through, but anyway. Uh, so I filled the full wind uh, did the exam and um, next minute I was a recruit with my um, cat comforter and my putties and off I went.
0: How do you find the training? Because I seen I've worked with the reserves a lot as yeah. well. Uh, and I always used to think, what a tough job it is to do—to do, to do a, your own job—and mm. then to turn up, Yeah. and then on a Wednesday night at the weekends, go on. What is what a, an intensive training
1: yeah. program? How did you find that? Well, it was a no. This was a no-brainer, really. It was it was a win-win because you either. Well, at first, I mean, the, the actual selection part is quite intense, as you as you know. So the the selection is all about you know, getting in. The, you know. the and learning so you were learning things you're out in the yeah, out in the cudge, you know on the, on the hills um I was teaching me how to learn you use a compass or a map I knew a Z don't know what a map was so you know teaching what thought said was great and uh and then it was the physical side of it uh, and then you were meeting all these new people it was great fun um, always sing a similar mindset yeah, definitely. Certainly, with the certainly, uh, certainly with the intent was is similar. Whether we had the similar mindset is another thing. But we all set on the on the on the goal of um, getting into this regiment. Um, so it was great. Mm, couldn't fault it. Um, and, and it was hard because you're sort of juggling things. I, you know, I I had a job in in the print, which was uh, quite uh, quite intense, and I had a lot to do overtime to, to to earn more money. You know, I, at that point, I'd already, um, yeah, I was I was intending to buy a house and all that kind of thing, so I was saving for that, and uh, I. Um, a car, you know, I was sort of juggling life, really. And I had a small baby, um, a wife at home wanting things. So it was all uh, it was all quite a jam-packed schedule. Oh, definitely. And then I had to run off on the Friday night, or sorry, the Wednesday night was the uh, drill night, yeah. and turn up there, often, you know, having to shave in the car driving <laughs> sort of thing. A dry one to make sure you get there in time. Uh, yeah, it was you just arrived like sometimes by the skin of your teeth by the time the drill, drill night started, and then you you know you did your training. But most of the thing was at the weekend, yeah. and it's quite it's quite uh, an, in, an engaging thing really because it demanded quite a lot of your time, and uh, you disappear on the Friday night, come back on the Sunday, straight back into work on Monday morning, regardless of your injuries or ailments. So yeah, it was it was good. And then once you got into two, when I when I actually passed selection and got into uh, two one, um, it, that was a no brainer either because you're either gonna be really uh, pushed physically, learn things, uh, which are new things, which are exciting, uh, interesting, um, or you're gonna you know. You're right. The sides of the sides of your body were gonna ache from laughter yeah. because the guys in there were so funny. You know, they're, they're such a cross section of people. You know, there was like, well, I used to say, if you've got a problem, come to the TA because you've got lawyers, you've got financiers, you've got builders, you've got engineers, you you name it. There's somebody in that group that can you can ask a question of.
0: I totally agree. Honestly, I, I used to be flabbergasted by the talent that you have and how sometimes yeah. it's been misused. look with the conflicts we've had, people are more aware of the skills of the yeah. people in the reserves, and that's been great. Yeah. What drew you to 2-2 to, to then? Obviously, the natural attraction, yeah. I might as well want to do this full time. How did yeah. that, that process take place?
1: Uh, yeah, that was a sort of a s- slow an incremental change in me because I was was enjoying 2-1 a lot and great. Uh, Things were just, my life was in a bit of a turmoil outside of the uh, Territorial Army at the time. And uh, I just felt that I was enjoying the Territorial Army more than the rest of the the life and job. Not so much the life because I enjoyed it. Being married and having a child, but um, I have my lad. But uh, just the, I just didn't look forward to going away at the weekends and the drill nights more and more. And in fact, I was spending more and more time going on courses. I thought this is this is sort of upside down. Yeah, it's not the right way around. So. I then decided I would join, I would attempt to join the regular army. And I, I thought about going to the Marines, And uh, sorry, the, the paras and the Marines. They were the sort of natural gateways natural yeah. Gateways and I looked into it and everything else. And then someone said, well, you know, you can try from here, from the t- territorial army. Uh, and I thought, well, why not? If I can, if there's a gateway from there, I might as well explore it. Um, so, yeah, I did, uh, I applied and um, and the, the date came up for some future selection course. So in the meantime, I was dis- determined to get fit for it. So I jacked the job in and went on the building site and carried bricks up and down the ladder day in and, well, day, in and day out. And then uh, I got really quite fit doing that through the, you know, the run up to it. And then I went off to Corsica and walked the uh, GR20. All right. The, the mountain range. Yeah. Um, with a friend of mine. Uh, and we we were supposed to be a two-week walk over the hills. And we did it in like five days or something. We blasted across there. Yeah. Not in the first couple of days we didn't, because we didn't have any money. We literally scraped together the price of the flight ticket. And we flew to Sardinia. And then made our way to Corsica, and the only, well, we had two bergens stacked to the gunwale with tins of food that we got from the uh, Army stores, just, it must have weighed 70 pounds if it weighed an ounce, just rucksack, so we were like struggling up the first hills, obviously the more we ate, the faster we (laughs) went, and we hoofed it across the mountains, that was a great trip, and uh, I was really... Really, uh, in a good shape by the time I got to uh, do selection, uh, two two. and your transit through selection was that? How was that? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was terrific. Um, completely different, though. Yes, it is. It, different. completely different. Uh, similar but different. Yeah. Um, same kind of things, you know, pushing you over the hills and uh, tests are similar, but it was much more serious. Um, and it felt it—it it was a complete change, it really. Was it wasn't, you know, what I left, which was because I knew it so well, and I was good friends down there, and, and I had a great laugh. To so all of a sudden I was back on, on on my uh, on my marks, trying to prove myself, yep. and uh, but it, but it, I felt it, it, you could feel the depth of knowledge in the two-two selection. And the, the depth of knowledge and skills, even on the selection, with different people. These were all military people, whereas on the Territory Army, like I said, there was a mixture of people. Yeah. But the, the there was sergeants and all sorts of people on uh, on selection with a depth of knowledge of military experience. You could feel it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I, when I joined, I was quite young. And again, I, I felt really inexperienced because all the people around me were so experienced. They bit mm. more mature as well. And so I learned an awful lot. It was a, a steep learning curve for me during yeah. selection and then got in. Yeah. What would you think the key learnings, what would you, if you had to take some things away from your time whilst you were in Tutu, what would you think of the key themes or things that you learned as a leader or as a person? What, what were the key things?
1: Um, I think that you can make a comment on this. Within the regiment, there are, you are individuals that work as a team, and that comes across in a big way. You know, there everyone's there with support for you, but you've got to pull pull up to the bumper in everything, and that's where you are. You are a singularity, and you're learning, and you have to you have to perform um, at the same level. And I was interested in one of your uh, previous bo- podcasts I read, uh, I was listening to, and uh, the guy was saying he was surrounded by a wealth of talent as the, uh, the fighter pilot yeah. in the previous one. And uh, I thought, yeah, you're right, because when you are there, you are surrounded by a wealth of talent. Brilliant, brilliant people. Um, you know, really determined, uh, fit, capable, imaginative. And and you've got to you've got to fit in and and be as equal
0: within that. No, I totally agree. I've always always said it's one of the most entrepreneurial environments I've ever been in because right. of that nature. Really great individuals who are all leaders in their own right. Mm-hmm. They know when to follow, but they're always trying to pursue excellence. There's always a desire to be slightly better. And I always say that as well. Most people have come from difficult backgrounds, mm. from working class backgrounds, or a multitude of different cultures. But what happens when you get there, because we've got those standards that are set Mm. that you need to be above the line, the challenge is there to make sure you push yourself to be better every time. And that's consistent. It doesn't ever ease no matter whether you're in for a year, 10 years, 15, 20, the standards remain the same, which I think is a great driver forward on on all, all things.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was, that was how it was. And, you know, you know, more than I do. That once you, uh, once you enter there, you're constantly learning things, you're constantly, uh, achieving, um, and, and that's, that's drummed into you, and you have to, the self-discipline of, uh, of, of achieving, everything, Definitely. all the time. No, I but, agree. But on your own though, which is, which is where I, I kind of stem back to, the boxing thing, and my, what my father said, because basically, that's what appealed to me, about, the SAS was the selection was to prove yourself on your own it wasn't a group activity although it was but it was a singular group activity which um which is the thing that sort of rung bells with me I I like that I can do that
0: no I I totally agree I mean for me and I I will say this uh now is your time in the military was far too short I thought you should have had a A much longer career. And you are one of, and I'm going to say this because I think it's important, is there are five people in the world who I always talk about being around me in moments of difficulty. And I've always thought your ability from that mentality, you are definitely one of that five. I hope you picked up some great insights from Will during that particular episode. Will also spoke about his mother, who was again significant in his life, a great mentor who supported his father throughout the difficult time that they had, and also made sure Will was pointing in the correct direction. What was great for me was Will's ability to seize opportunity to realize, actually, there are lots of other experiences in his discussions on watching This Is Your Life, seeing the potential that's out there for all of us. And again, I think it's a great opportunity for parents to speak to their children, and again, open their eyes to adventures and experiences so that they can choose the path that they want to go on. Will also spoke extensively about the reserve soldiers that he worked with and how they had helped him and how professional they were. And again, I would also have agreed with him that I've seen those same reserve soldiers go on operations and perform at the highest levels. Again, I'm looking forward to showing you what happens in the next episode.